your ministry Holy Spirit we acknowledge you no man knoweth the things of God except by the Spirit of God which dwells in him the eyes have not seen or ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of any man what God has prepared for them that love him. What he has revealed them by his spirit. His spirit searches all things. Searches even the deep things of God. Even the deep things of God. Holy Spirit, the searcher, the revealer. Spirit of the Lord. The trainer. The one who carries the presence. You are the glory. Holy Spirit of God. The light of the throne. The light of the Father. The light of Jesus. The ghost. Their clothing. They are wearing. They are covering. You are their spirit. Spirit of the Lord. Mary Stepano. Pareharuta. Prestiota. Pratitus. Trafina. Coughlins. The governor in the church. The midst of the people. The comforter. We give you special honor tonight. We don't forget you. Thank you. You administer the presence. The presence of the Lord. And even of his father. You administer their nature. Their truth. Their life. Their grace. Their mercy. Spirit of the Lord. We honor you tonight. We ask you to come and prepare every, every heart tonight for the doctrine of Christ. As it, you will let it flow tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we turn to you. Our Lord, the Son of the Father, we, we are seated at your table again tonight. We ask that you come and feed us. We ask for a feast. 
that you will come and feast with us and give our hearts the ability to rise and to sit at your table, to fellowship with your thoughts, to fellowship with your words, to fellowship with the spirit of your word. Thank you, our Father. Call our hearts back from wherever they are. Bring them to your house. Bring them to your table tonight. I yield my heart to you, my Lord, as your oracle, as your servant, that you will use my thoughts, use my emotions, use me, Father, as an instrument, as a channel, as a conduit thought to minister life. You don't need too much of time to minister something that will last, Lord. Tonight is such nights. Especially, Father, we approach your table for a special blessing tonight. We don't come in haste. We come with patience. For this one thing is needful, our Father. We tune, Lord, as by your Spirit, you tune all the, all the antennas of our soul. Make it focused, Lord, to your frequency where you speak, I ask, let there be a release of powers, graces, Amen. abilities from heaven, Lord, Amen. to carry your word into the hearts of your people. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory, all the worship, all the worship to you, all the worship to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God, thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Good evening, everybody. Bless you. Um, just say good evening to somebody. You can welcome. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Let's open our Bibles to the book of um,
Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Romans 14, verse 17. If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and what? For that in these things, for he that in these things served Christ is acceptable to God and approved of man. Praise God. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may do what? May I defy one another. Praise God. I'll read again. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and, and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things served Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. And let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and, and things wherewith one may edify, that is, things wherewith one may build up one another. Amen. Amen. So this, of course, we are familiar with this idea of, of things being that God has kept in the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Ghost. Um, and it says, of course, the summary of the things that God has desired for man to come into are, they are summarized in the kingdom, right? In the kingdom. And that kingdom, when the kingdom of God begins to be resolved, it is resolved into three things, righteousness, peace, and then and joy, praise God, and and it says that those things are in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the, the Holy Ghost um, is, is not just the keeper of the kingdom. He's not just the keeper of the kingdom. It is, there is the way the kingdom is. In the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. There is a way the, the kingdom is designed or it is arranged in the Holy Ghost. So if the, the Holy Ghost, now the Holy Ghost has been given the mandate to actually 
give the kingdom. Praise the Lord by, of course, by the Father. The Father is the giver of the kingdom, really. Because the kingdom is the kingdom of the Father. Like Jesus made mention too, right, in many places that the kingdom, he said my Father's kingdom, my Father. He always made reference to that, that the kingdom, in fact, at some point when they were, they were, he was teaching the disciples to pray, at the end of the prayer, he says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Praise God. So the kingdom belongs to the Father, amen, but the kingdom is administered by the Holy Ghost. The, the kingdom it is owned by the Father, the, then the, and it is owned by the Father, it is embodied by the Word, praise God, and it is administered by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Now, these three entities, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, they are the entities of God which we find that became manifest in creation. Or, let me not, not in creation, for creation. I think that's probably the best way to put it because there is no evidence to suggest that they had that kind of formation or distribution of persons before creation. Does that make sense? And so we see the way the, their roles are interpreted, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Remember in the book of John, that's John chapter 5, he said there are three that have their record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and where, and who the Holy Ghost. Now, it doesn't say that there are three that bear record eternally that way, right? Wow. It doesn't say that they eternally bear record or maybe in their own essence, but it says in heaven, so... The, means the record that you, where you find, the way you find record of them is as the Father, the Word, and who? And the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And in that, in that first John chapter 5, so if you read that place, they were speaking concerning uh, uh, about how the, the Son comes, right? He said, He came not by, what, by water only, but by water and by blood and then he now says, it's the spirit that beareth witness. It's the spirit that beareth witness. So that word witness, the word witness actually means the, the witness is, the, is almost like a, a witness, praise God, or the bearer of a witness is the administrator of truth. Praise God. The word a witness, a witness is the person who introduces truth the introducer, that if, you, if the witness withdraws, there is helplessness regarding the truth. Amen. Does that make sense? That the power of witness is the, is the introduction of truth. The, the bringing, that's why they call him the spirit of truth, right? He, because he's the one who beareth witness. And that word for witness, praise God, is that the witnesser or the witness is the one who unlocks what is hidden. Or he unlocks a truth that is hidden. Like There's a type of that in the natural, in the court of law, and where you can see a proceeding, or a court proceeding can actually get to a halt, a case can get to a halt when there are no witnesses, no sufficient, sufficient witnesses. In fact, they can adjourn cases they say, okay, there's a witness, but he's out of the country right now. 
And they say, no, it's this witness. We have to adjourn this case until this witness comes back. Praise God. Because, so a witness, the witness holds the, is an administrator. He, he, a witness has truth. As, you know, the purpose of judgment is to uncover truth. That's, that's a phase, not the ultimate purpose, not, sorry, not the ultimate purpose of judgment, but the phase the, in terms of the developmental phase of justice is the uncovering of truth. Praise, because without truth, there cannot be judgment. Does that make sense? So without what? Truth, there cannot be what? There cannot be judgment. Now, when it comes to the, the ultimate judge is God. Praise the Lord. And even God the Father acts in the, in, the, in the capacity of a judge in the Godhead. But in the, in the developmental process of judgment, you need the activity of the, of the witness. The witness is the Holy Ghost who introduces the hidden truth, the secret, the secret truth concerning that judgment. Do you understand that? Praise the Lord. So that's the same way it is So with the kingdom. So the Holy Spirit here, what they are telling us here is that the Holy Ghost, um, he, we know he has the kingdom. It has been given to him, the custody of the kingdom. But they, they are now telling us how the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. That in the Holy Ghost, when someone is accessing the kingdom in the Holy Ghost, they have to access it in the way that God has designed it for him to carry the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And so the Holy Ghost carries the kingdom in the form of righteousness and then peace and then finally joy. Praise the Lord. So righteousness, then peace, and then what? Joy. So if the Holy Ghost is ministering the kingdom or is giving access to the kingdom, he does it by the ministration of righteousness, then the ministration of peace, and then the ministration of what? Of joy. Praise the Lord. Does that, is that very clear? Praise God. And it says, for that in these things, so he that in these things serveth Christ. So when they say in these things, what they are telling you, they, are not, they didn't just say, they are, not, they are not saying he that accesses the kingdom. They are saying they, they open up the kingdom. They tell you how this is how the kingdom is, 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 is programmed in the Holy Ghost. And it's a, he that follows the, the order of, of the, the order of the release of the Holy Ghost, of the kingdom, sorry, by the Holy Ghost. He that follows the pattern or the order of the release of the kingdom by the Holy Ghost and who serves Christ you see, in that way. And, and I'm sure the reason why he highlighted the service of Christ because in the kingdom also includes the service of God because ultimately is the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. But when he says, for he that served Christ is because this is the book of Romans, right? Romans really was, was a book that was written by Paul mainly to, to expound upon the upon the gospel of Christ. Amen. He was to expand upon what? The gospel of Christ. With mention in, in certain places. When he, you see, when he builds it up, then he mentions where Christ touches God. 
You see how he built Christ up from Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 1. To, and then towards the end of Romans chapter 8, he began to now speak about how Christ enters into God. And he began to speak more about, about God, about being heirs, right, of God. Praise the Lord. And how, how you can move into the love of God and, and all of those things. Praise the Lord. So that was Christ. You saw how Romans chapter, chapter 1 started. He was, he was talking about the apostleship. Right, so we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations. Right, so that obedience to the faith, of course, you know, that faith is the faith of Christ, which he spoke about in that same chapter from chapter from verse sixteen, where he spoke about, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, was the power of God unto salvation, and, and all of that." Praise the Lord. And then when you go over to chapter chapters two, chapter three, and chapter four, and you go on, he began to speak very, very clearly about the, the doctrine of righteousness, the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of faith. See, faith, righteousness, doctrine of sin, those are the, those are the topics which he covered, which constitute a major subject under the, the what? The gospel, the gospel of Christ. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. You know, the, the gospel of Christ includes the unveiling of sin. That's one of the main purposes of the gospel of Christ, that when the sight of Christ's gospel comes, it's, it brings about the demystification of sin, which is the signature of the, the book of Romans. The book of Romans is, is, the, is the epistle that really, really, really explained the DNA of sin. Praise the Lord. And, and, and then when you... The, 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 that's the main... Um, the main work of the gospel of Christ is to bring about, to demystify sin and then bring a publishing of the grace of Christ as an answer against sin. So these are things that Paul spoke about in the book of Romans. And, and when, when you speak about the gospel of God, the gospel of God is mainly a gospel that is dedicated to dealing with death. This demystifying the mystery of death, praise the Lord, and bringing an answer to to the issue of death, which, which John mainly, mainly majored on. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So what he's saying here in verse 16, he says that he that in these things, now when he say these things, they are saying according to this distribution, according to this pattern, by, by how the kingdom of God is packaged in the Holy Ghost. When you serve Christ in this way, that service of Christ is acceptable to God and then approved of men. Those two things are key, right? They are acceptable to God, and then approved of men. Praise God. Christ was acceptable to God. Amen. Christ is who? Acceptable to God. Now that aspect of being approved of men, is talking about the the, the, the part of the conduct of Christ's life that manifests towards men, amen, that touches the natural lives of men. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, you see sometimes, if the gospel of Christ is not done according to pattern, you find that there will be... Um, now, this, when you see men here, it's not talking about carnal nature. Praise God. He's not talking about when you see men. Amen. Um, like when 
Peter was using used the word men, right? He spoke about Christ being disapproved of men. Right? He said he said that you know um, was speaking about the stone. First Peter chapter two. Praise the Lord. He said is it is a, and then choosing of God and precious stuff. So that word disapproved indeed of men is talking about is actually not is not talking about just men. It's not talking about pure purity of man or the purity of the of the natural man. Praise God. Um, the one the Christ that Christ's disapproval of men is not is not the man who God created the way he is in his correct mind because man is not in his correct mind anymore. Is the man who Satan has worked on and turned his mind against God, and which is the current natural estate of men. Do you understand that? Yes. You no, know, we've been dealing with the natural man for a long time, and maybe there's a way that we've spoken about the natural man that you just feel like this guy is this man is useless. <laughs> let's just let's quickly just escape from this guy is a devil. Praise God! But so you have to be, make separation, right? That that. Natural man, we, we, we've been speaking about this because it's a natural man that has degenerated. Right? In fact, it's very hard to see a pure natural man on the earth right now. It's, it's almost impossible. I mean, a, a, a natural man that has not been altered by the world and reprogrammed by sin is very difficult. What you have on the earth are carnal men. Right? Carnal men. Amen. Who are grasses. Right? That the Bible speaks as of them, right? As grasses. They have become grasses. Amen. Or they become flesh. It's really flesh that is really, really, really. So it's flesh that hates Christ. That is an enemy of Christ. Right? That Paul mentioned, spoke about that clearly. That flesh is an enemy of Christ. So it's not really the natural man. Even though we've been using... So thank God, I think we've actually not been speaking too much about the natural man. We've been speaking about the natural order, which has been used as an instrument by sin to carry sin because it has no resistance against. It's not, the natural order is not intelligent enough to separate sin and righteousness. So when so sin can come, the way righteousness can use it to a degree, praise God, like it did in the lives of men like Abraham, all the Jacob, uh, Amen, Isaac, and all the patriarchs. Praise God. You know, righteousness flew through the natural life and through the natural order. But then when sin came, sin also took the natural and began to use the natural as well. Praise the Lord. So whenever you see the word men here, men can mean, can mean the pure natural order. Right? Or men can be the natural man that has fallen and that has been overtaken by sin and by death. Now, this approved of men here, you know, of course, the flesh, the corrupted natural man can never approve Christ. It's not possible. So this man actually means the natural order that God has created. Right? And so he's saying here that the development of Christ that is correct, is the one that, that if it's done according to this pattern, which means that if it's done by the Holy Ghost, God will accept it. And even nature will approve it. 
like, like Jesus. You know, God accepted Jesus. Nature also approved him. Check Jesus' relationship with nature. There was no problem at all. They moved frequently. They just moved. At the, they were just flowing. Amen. When nature was in the sea, when the wind was blowing and everything, and then Jesus just came, hey, be still, it's time for go and rest now. He just answered him. Ah, is it you? I don't see that you. I, I didn't know you had the words. I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise God. The wind just apologized. I'm, ah, are you? Sorry, I didn't know you are the one. You know, we are, we are loyal to you. Praise God. They say, what, what manner of man is this? And even the, the winds obey him. Even like the fish, too, that's another example, right? He just told them, go, there's a fish at this, at this point. Just catch it. And, and when he got there, it happened. The fish obeyed, brought the, brought the thing. Who knows where that fish picked that thing from? Are, are you getting me? So, so it means that he, Jesus had approval with nature. It's, it just had natural, some, there was something about nature that was obeying him. You, you understand that? Even the miracle of b- bread and fish is multiplying. You know that's not anointing. It's not like, bring, let me lay hands on, on it. He, wasn't, he didn't lay hands. It wasn't anointing. That maybe the oil and the anointing passed through the fish and was creative. <laughs> Amen. Are you getting it? Is that it, it, for that kind of miracle to happen, it means that, it means that the, the molecules... The carbon, praise God, the hydrogens, all of those elements, they responded, they were responding to his will. As the bread was finishing, carbon was, (laughs) more carbon was appearing, more hydrogen. What is inside bread? The fats and all of that, the hydrocarbons were, if you can think about it in the molecular level, it means that him and nature, they they were together. Praise God. It's the men who were against him were men who had been take, taken over by, by sin. Praise God. So, and, and that thing is very, very key. It's very key. You see, this, this is speaking about the kind of development that God will, that is correct, that is right, that is acceptable. Right? And this aspect of nature is also very, very important. Um, because we are, we are living in the time when nature is under attack by sinful men, right? Sinful men who have developed in iniquity to a point where they've gained stature to attack nature, right? They don't want to only kill themselves and go away. They say, no, we want to kill everything. We want to kill the whole order. You know what I mean? So it's a time for God to raise the right standard because there will be men, men who have some element of, of his sense of, of righteousness, the kind of men that Romans chapter, chapter, chapter 1 or chapter 2 described, right? Who their conscience, both excusing them or accusing them, so the, the, whose consciences are still alive, who are not born again, but somewhere in them, there's something about them that they do not misuse uh-huh. There's something about them that can recognize in a pure order. For some of those people, it is, it is, the, it is the, the true development. The development according to God's pattern. When they see that thing, that's what will bring them into the fold. For such people. Why? Because such men will be in a, in a time when nature has been so abused that it will take the, the men who 
have the correct sense of nature. Right? And there will be a time on the earth where it will take power for you to be normal. You know what I mean? That being normal and just okay will not be the common thing. You know how... You know, before in the world, a man marries a woman. You don't even think about it. You don't even... It's not an issue of discussion, right? It's just not natural. Praise God. But now... Praise God. <laughs> but now it's not a giving anymore. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not a giving. If you see two, two guys walking around the street right now, amen, there's a part of you that can be taken. Can be. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Is this a couple? There's a chance there might be a couple. You know what I mean? But before, it wasn't like that. Right. So there will be a time when, you see, the natural order we are used to, they will to be, that's the, the purpose of this wicked spirit. They want, to, they want to dismantle. It's a program of destruction, right? That's the way you bring destruction. It's not possible to rot destruction. You can steal and kill, but to destroy, you must tamper with nature. Because nature, tampering with nature is what you dismantle what God created. What God created to receive life. You have to make sure that thing is no longer there, the way God arranged it. So just removing the life is not enough. God can still bring life back. When you misarrange it, it's become useless to God. Praise the Lord. So, so actually at this time, um, so, and so you see, Christians, a lot of Christians who are, who are trying to grow spiritually, okay, but are not interested in the pattern. Are you get what I'm saying? They, are, they, they, they want to come to God, to get closer to God. You know, they say, oh, wow, the world is getting bad. What do we do? Let's become serious. Let's pray more. Let's, and that's a very good thing. But just doing that is not enough. You can be praying more, having more prayer meetings, attending church more, and doing all the Christian things more. Are you getting what I'm saying? But as you are doing that, the, as you're doing that, you can be doing those things and still be accepting destruction. Right? You are still accepting destruction in your life, in your conversation, even in your own home, in terms of the patterns of things that are naturally allowed by God and not. Because society has redesigned those things in such a way that it appears harmless to people. Are you getting me? So, so just normal Sunday school, Bible study, and all those things, that does not touch the provision of the dominion in the Holy Ghost cannot bring about raising of statues that is what? Acceptable to God and approved of men. Praise God. So, anywhere you see kingdom now, like let's, as you are reading this place, kingdom, just replace kingdom with will. We already know that. Like kingdom is will, right? Will, will of God, kingdom. A kingdom come that will be done. The dominion of God, of a king, is the, is the realm of the freedom, the liberty of the will of the king. Right? So, so the kingdom just means the summation of all the wills of God. If you can... If you, want to, if you can package all of the wills of God, all the that, when you package it, there's nothing else God wills as absent, then that's the kingdom. 
Do you see that? It's a domain. The word domain, dominion, domain. So the kingdom is the domain of God's will. The domain of the completeness of the will of God is what you call the kingdom. It means all of God's righteousnesses and all his judgments is what you call the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So the salvation, especially in this last time, is really is dependent on men being able to have access to that, that package that summation of how God arranged all of his wills for men. And what they are saying here is that it's in the Holy Ghost. And it is, it is arranged in, in what departments of righteousness that accumulate till it makes peace. Then peace that, peace that then becomes perfect till it breaks into joy, into the realm of joy. Praise God. And then the administration of those things, and that's the part in my heart just tonight uh, that I believe the Lord wants us to look at is, is, the, is the necessity of the Spirit, how this, this thing is, is administered and given by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. So we are speaking about peace with God. right? So what it means that no soul will arrive at peace with God without who? Without the Holy Ghost, without the administration of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. No soul will arrive at peace with God. Now, the reason why I'm saying peace with God, I'm not even saying righteousness now, is because by God's grace, the, we've, we've accessed the waters of righteousness. Okay? Now, but the... The season that we are in is, it's like, it's like heaven is saying, okay, you guys have all had access to righteousness. You have, if I tell you, what is your own view of righteousness? Your, every one of us, our soul has its own view. You have the view of your revelation of it. You have the view of the obedience of it that you have done so far. And you have the view of the ones you've not yet obeyed yet. The ones that are coming. So you have engagement in righteousness. Praise the Lord. So, but, but heaven now, now uh, what they are now trying to put for us is that they are now beginning to create markers of inheritance. That's the, that's the season. I'm just trying to interpret the season that we are in. And you know, the, the, we began the year with the, as the fullness of Christ. That was the theme of the school of the spirit. Which is, so we are, we are moving into a season of fullness. Which is a time where heaven is now beginning to bring the mark and say, okay, you've, you've been in this realm for a while. Right, so it's now. Let's now begin to to measure out the 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 yardsticks, measure out the show the measurement of of what you are to attain to, and the markers scripturally of how when you know you've run this course, what does it look like? I know it's not it's not easy to know. I are you getting? It's not easy for a soul to just know. Ah, okay, wow, well, I'll fulfill the cause of righteousness. But actually, fulfilling those things are important. When you read the way the scripture is, there's a way the scripture is written. Praise God. Actually, the epistles, right? There's a way they are written that it's not just telling you, know some righteousness, and it's okay. Whatever righteousness you know, they actually marked it. 
they marked it out that they had domain. They used the tabernacle. They used, even the tabernacle has measurements. Right? When you move into the sanctuary, there's a measure of the sanctuary. There's a point where you know you are hitting the fullness of the sanctuary, which is the point when you get to the veil. Praise God, which is the veil of peace or the veil of acceptance, being acceptable. Praise God. So it means that in your journey, when you are journeying in the word of righteousness, right, in the word of Christ, after a while there will begin to be an expectation. It's not just out of you, it's of God. That, is, that expectation is of God. It means an expectation to graduate where they start marking your soul. They start checking, are you adding, up, are you adding line upon line? Are you adding precept upon precept? Is, is there an accumulation of things that's, that's moving into fullness? Amen. That season was the season of, around the book where the book of Hebrews came from. Right? That was the kind of conversation that for, for a time when you ought to become teachers. So who is a teacher? A teacher is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an expert in a thought, in a matter. Right? A teacher is an expert. means you've gotten to some level of fulfillment in that matter, then you'll be. So say for time, chapter 5 of Hebrews, when you ought to become teachers, then you have need. I want to teach you again things which be the first principles of what? And, and then I've been such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So it's not saying at that point that they are supposed to be using strong meat. You get, that was not the point of the Church of Hebrews. What he's saying is that at this time, you should have need of strong meat. Do you get that? Now, the person who has need of strong meat is somebody who has come to the fullness of the meat. It's the fullness of the meat of the world that creates the appetite for strong meat. So, the book of Hebrews is at a time when there was an expectation that those that church should have journeyed in Christ and come into a place of fullness in Christ. Praise God. And of course, that place of fullness in Christ is this place here of peace with God. Or, so where it says that, those, for if them, that's verse 18, he that's in these things served Christ is what? Acceptable to God and approved of men. Acceptable to God and do and what? And approved of men. Then let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. So he's telling you now, those things that, that makes for that graduation point. Right? You are in the realm of righteousness, but now zeroing on that thing called peace and following on the things that make for peace and things where it won me, then what? I edify one another. So of course there's need for more building up. Praise the Lord, <clears throat> in order to get to the marker of peace. Now say, in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Now, there's a way we've seen the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Initially, you know, it's introduced to us, initially when we get born again, as just the Holy Ghost. Right? We are introduced to the... Um, we call him the person of the Holy Ghost, right? When he comes inside your heart, you're born again, and then you can speak in tongues. 
praise the Lord. You can fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You fellowship with him in prayer as you worship and all of that. Amen. Amen. Now, now when fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a person that you can fellowship with, right? In terms of just Holy Ghost, his person, you can commune with the Holy Ghost. You can fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Actually, you will, you will believe in the Holy Ghost, then you love the Holy Ghost. Those are the two levels of fellowship with the Holy Ghost in the milk. You know, there's love of the Holy Ghost. You might not see it, but it's, it's that, in that, that thing called communion. There is no communion without love. I think one translation calls it the sweet fellowship, right? The, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and then the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That sweet fellowship, the, 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 the soul that has arrived at the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a soul that has gotten into love with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So when you get born again, the Holy Ghost makes you believe first. There's a, you must believe in that Spirit of God. It's through belief in the Holy Ghost. It's a faith. Someone can believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and believe and accept him as their Lord. And they get born again, but not yet believe in the Holy Ghost. Right? And without belief in the Holy Ghost, it's hard to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So sometimes, someone who hasn't had belief in the Holy Ghost, you have to use the scripture and then teach them and then get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul did that at, in, the book, in Ephesus, in the book of Acts. When they, they were born again, they were Christians, but they had not heard whether there was any Holy Ghost. Then he had to teach them about the Holy Ghost and then minister the Holy Ghost to them. Praise the Lord. So, so having belief, and when I say belief, belief is not, um, it's not I believe, okay, Holy Ghost, I didn't believe before. Now I believe. That mental trying to believe. No, that's not what belief is. Belief is someone can even believe in something and they don't know they believe in it. Right? Because belief is faith is a substance. It's just something that, that lands on the inside of you. Usually by the vehicle of word of some sort, some kind of illumination, some kind of revelation. Right? The, sometimes the revelation, the way the Holy Ghost is ministered, a lot of time doesn't come through scripture or through doctrine. It comes through a kind of experience with a manifestation of himself. It can be maybe in a meeting, in a place where there's an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost, through listening to an anointed music or something like that, where he manifests himself and he, he makes the heart aware of his presence. And when that happens, once that happens, it's very easy. That's where the point where the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost comes to the heart. When that door is, is unlocked, it's a door of faith, it's a door of belief. Praise God. You see that? Do you, do you see that? Paul spoke about that to a degree in, in the book of Galatians chapter 3, where he said, He that ministereth unto you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, do it heed by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So, the ministering the Spirit to you was done by the hearing of faith, right? It was an operation of faith that brought about what? The, the receiving of the Spirit, the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. Am I making sense tonight? Okay, praise the Lord. Say amen. Amen.
So then when you, when you receive the Holy Spirit at the milk level, then that's where the infilling of the Spirit begins and you begin to drink of him and drink of him and drink of him. Then you fall in love with the Holy Ghost, right? When you fall in love with the Holy Ghost, it's the, by falling in love with the Holy Ghost, your level of measure of the Holy Ghost increases. Amen. Because love, actually love is a principle of abode. Abiding. Anything that you don't love is hard for that thing to be abiding in you. So just initially believing in the Holy Ghost, which can be brought about by an operation of faith, is not enough to, to make your ghost level increase. Does that make sense? It's not enough to do what? To make your, your Holy Ghost level to increase. As you are fellowshipping with him, you are drinking of him, he's, to, he's a lover, he's trying to make you fall in love more. And the reason why he wants to make you fall in love more is so you can stay, you can let him stay, sorry. So you can make him stay, and then he puts a measure, and then adds a measure. As you are falling in love with him more, there's a measure he might be bringing, you might not be willing to, no, that measure, this is too much. Praise God, sometimes we feel that way. Praise God. But he will continue to make his case to you to add more. And then one of the main purposes of that, infilling and falling in love with the, with the Spirit. Falling in love with the Spirit. Amen. And receiving baptism upon baptism and baptism upon baptism, which is, that characterizes the correct, the correct babyhood phase of a Christian. Right? The purpose of babyhood, that's the main activity of your, when you are a baby in the faith. is just be loading you with the Holy Ghost. That's all. There's not too much you need to do with someone when they get born again. Don't, you don't have to explain too much theory, too much of, the, of doctrine, too much of anything. You don't even need to get them to be a worker in church yet. Leave all those things for Just keep loading them with the Holy Ghost. If <laughs> that's all you need to do to a new Christian, just keep loading them with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing else you can do for them that will be as beneficial as keep pouring the Spirit upon them. Keep, because it's a preparation for something. Praise God. Which we saw in the book of Acts that manifested as the fullness. Being full of the Holy Ghost. Being full. So those who are full of the Holy Ghost have fallen. They are full of love as well for the Holy Ghost. They love the Holy Ghost. They love the Holy Ghost. They can stay with him and and enjoy his fellowship, and they don't get tired of his fellowship, of his communion, praying constantly with, in the, with the Holy Ghost, fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost, enjoying the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, so that, is a, that is a stature, praise God. It, it's a point of a kind of stature. Now, that stature does not contain the faith and the love of Christ. Do you get each of those persons? The way they there are two things you must do with them: with Holy Ghost, with Christ, and with God. Believe and love them. Those are the two words every heart must fight about them. After believing Holy Ghost and then loving Him, till you are full of Him. At that point, where you are full of Him, you have who you have is the Holy Ghost. 
And the world has seen such men, many of them, many of Holy Ghost men. When you, when you see a Holy Ghost man, when you even read about them, when they write things and you read what they wrote. Amen. I, I was really just about the writings of Smith Wigglesworth that I read, I read them some years, well, years back. And some of those writings were part of my own baptism. Into, in fact, I didn't know any of these, all these things about you know, explaining now. Now I understand that, wow, those are, those are feeling and feeling to fullness. But I didn't know it by scripture. But when I was reading him, because there were compilations of his messages, and, and of course in Smith Wigglesworth's messages, that was the first time I saw, it was strange to me. Normally, if I'm reading a book or something about God, you know, it, it just flows. This is the introduction, this is the middle, this is the subject, then they will give the message and they you know, flow. But his own message was different. The way he even starts preaching from somewhere, he just lands like that. And just starts talking. Then you, then you see in the writing, tongues. And then interpretation. That was the first time that I actually, that thing actually occurred to me as, as a, a reality and a practice that is occurring in the church outside of the Bible. I know in the Bible, this, in the Corinthians and everything, they speak about tongues and interpretation. But in my own experience as a Christian, I had never the thought about that occurring in normal day and life, normal life as a Christian. It wasn't even in my consciousness until I read Smith Wigglesworth, and, I, and they will say, they write it, tongues, and then they now begin to write the interpretation of the tongues. And I'm, so someone interpreted this thing, the way it f- is flowing with the message, and all of that, <laughs> praise God. So, so, the, and so I, I could tell by reading him, just reading him, I get, always got filled with the Spirit, just by reading what he wrote, reading his messages. So imagine if I was there under his ministration, <laughs> What will happen? Are you getting so those were men of the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, but pure Holy Ghost men, like so they are men who have who have believed the Holy Ghost and they've they've loved him. They've loved him for the purpose of then by and they manifested their love by giving him space to abide, to live in them. Does that make sense? Now, when you get born again, in your spirit, man, there's Holy Ghost there with your spirit. In fact, your own living spirit is crafted by Holy Ghost. Your new created spirit is a Holy Ghost entity. And and of course, it's a Christ. But when you come to your soul, in that your born again experience, they just small Holy Ghost just dripped, even maybe without your knowledge of who Holy Ghost was, a little bit of Holy Ghost must have dripped because it's, it's impossible for a man to be something in his spirit. And then his soul is completely just void of it. There's always a kind of a spillover that you have, even if sometimes it can be deeply buried in the recess of your subconscious, of your soul, but there's a way your subconscious touches the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen. So, so and, and, and normally, the Holy Spirit, when you get born again, will only take the, the tiny space that is there in your soul that you can occupy, that you subconsciously have open for him. And there's not every room in your soul that's filled. There are rooms that are hidden there, you don't even know. They will now pour more Holy Ghost, it's hiding there. So when they do that, 
But hopefully you are under good leadership or a pastor who is also filled with the Holy Ghost and believers who can disciple you and they keep loading you with more. As they are filling you, there is a negotiation going on. Can you give some more room more for more of filling of the Holy Ghost? So the Holy Ghost begins to advocate for more space in your heart. Now, a room in your heart where the Holy Ghost can stay must not be, it doesn't have to be fully empty. That's the nature of the ghost. He's the ugly ghost. He flows into places, places that Christ can never near. God will never near, but he can go there. There are other things there, but one small space, he can stay there and manage it and just be there and you in the corner just see and he will stay there. Are you getting me? So when you see a person who, has, who is full of the Holy Ghost, they still have many things in them. Are you, are you getting me? But the Holy Ghost, they've come into a full measure of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Now, to now begin to excavate the content of men, in terms of all the unwanted things that God cannot live, stay with now. The reason why the, the, the person of Christ and God cannot cohabit with certain things is because of this of standard, right? They are the embodiment of standard. Praise God. Do you, do you get that? They are embodiment of, and what is standard? Standard is standard or laws, laws, standard. They are space-occupying entities, spiritually. Are you getting me? They are what? Space-occupying entities. In other words, they take off area. They take off area. Holy Ghost can be there. There's something there, but Holy Ghost can be in a spiritual way. Like, for example, a heart that is full of lust, for natural possession, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Their hearts is full of those things. That same soul can still have plenty of the Holy Ghost. And those lusts are still there in the person, but the Holy Ghost is still there with those lusts in them. Do you get that? So the Holy Ghost, his job is not to maybe occupy, I know I use the language of occupying space, but it's not really occupying space per se. Praise God. The, when the Holy Ghost begins to occupy space is when the things that are in him, you allow him to bring the things that are in him into you. <laughs> right? You allow him to do what? To bring what? The things that I... Say, I'm here, oh, you allow me to this place. You've given me access to all these rooms. But now, I now have... What? I now have properties that I need to begin to move into your house. Right? Before, you gave him doors to the rooms in your house. Right? But now, he's not saying, okay, I now have properties that I need to now move in. And for them to come in, some things need to move out. Now... The properties which the Holy Ghost is carrying 
that should occupy space in men is what you call righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So you now find that when righteousness begins to come, you now begin to see that men no longer, there's not a big problem. Praise God. By the time you begin, if you minister righteousness wrongly, when the soul is not ready, even the Holy Ghost that was there, they can drive the Holy Ghost out. <laughs> Anger can make them say, I didn't know that this is what you are, you are bringing. If I knew you were bringing this thing, I would have given you space here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so, so you see who the Holy Ghost is, right? The Holy Ghost, so, so a lot, we've known Christ, the Holy Ghost first, as just the person of the Holy Ghost. But now, we now need to, the, when you begin to grow, you begin to move higher spiritually, and then the word of Christ, or what you call the meat of the word, begins to open to you, what happens? Then, the operation of the Holy Ghost begins to change on the inside of a person. Now, what triggers the change of the, the activity of the Holy Ghost? Before, Holy Ghost is just making you pray more. Do this. Okay, you have, you're going for this job interview. Yeah, this is how you should prepare. Read this one, read that one, read that one. You know what? You tell Holy Ghost, these are my plans. Oh, this year, this is what I want to get done. Okay, so say, okay, I can do this, 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 that. I might not do this one. Why? Because if I do this one, you might not be existing anymore <laughs> by the end of the year. So you would say, there's how we will try, we will try. You will push and say, ah, you will try and find space in the mercy of God to do it for you. Praise the Lord. You see that. Now, there's something that happens that, that changes the dealings of the Holy Ghost in the life of a person. Praise God. And that thing is, is an exposure to what in the book of Hebrews, I believe Paul refers to as the oracles of God. The oracles of God. See the oracles of God. Praise God. The oracles of God is what changes the operations of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost is just that person who without his, the standard, which he is keeping, he's just the power there, he can make things happen and all of that, then when a soul begins to be exposed to the oracles of God, because the oracles of God, that's taken from Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, right? Praise God. Quickly, let's just read it. Oh, it's written there. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 5 from verse, from verse 11, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing, right? For when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, right? And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So this, the word, the oracles of God begins. The first thing the oracle of God begins to say is what you call the meat, of the word. Praise God. What you call meat of the word. Or righteousness. Or the, the word of righteousness. There is the word of righteousness. Which is the first cause in the kingdom. 
Am I correct? Now, before righteousness, any soul that has not had righteousness has not had access to the oracles of God. So that thing the Holy Ghost is telling you when you are, you are praying, oh, go here now, go there now, apply for this job now, do this one now, right? Those things, those instructions we hear, oh, I hear the Holy Ghost. I remember for years I was hearing the Holy Ghost. I was hearing the Holy Ghost. I was hearing the Holy Ghost. If at that time, anybody came to tell me that, you know, there's, there's just a word. In fact, you've not even begun to know God yet. You are, in fact, you're just a baby. Praise God. I would have asked, I will ask you some questions. What do you mean I'm a, I'm a baby? Praise God. I will begin to make reference to things. Amen. Dealings. Oh, praise God. Do you know, are you talking, do you know how many hours I've gone into this, this place I've been? We ought to be hearing the Holy Ghost like this. Clearly. Clearly. I was hearing the Holy Ghost in a way that I knew my, let me not say this, but it's true. I felt like it, spiritual leaders who were above me, who I was serving under, I, they were not hearing God the way I was hearing. You get what I'm saying? So at that level, they now come to say, no, you've not even started yet. You are still a, a baby. And that's what I was. I was a baby. Praise God. I was a baby in a fellowship leading other babies. Praise God. And I was hearing the Holy Ghost. I thought I, I, thought I was hearing God. And I had friends, my guys, we're all hearing the Holy Ghost. But we, th- we thought we were hearing God. But we had never heard God one day. We had not even heard Christ one day before. So it wasn't God or Christ. We're hearing, we're hearing the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So when they say the oracles of God is not the Holy Ghost... The Holy Ghost is not the oracles of God. The oracles of God means the speakings of God that contains element of his will. His own will. Praise God. The, the speakings of God that contains what? The element. And someone will say, oh, what do you mean? Okay, when I prayed, like I could ask that question. Amen. For, I mean, for years, the Lord was lead, just leading me. Leading me, I was in Canada. How, how, once I'm done school now, how to pay my next school fees, I don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> Praise God. I have to be led. You mean throughout that summer, I have to be led where to go, what to do, not to make you know, the impossible possible. And the Lord was speaking. Okay, do this. Go here. I will pray. It will come in my heart. All those, those, those things. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you say, ah, ah. So you mean all those things did not include the will of God? So you mean when, the, when he was talking to, when the Holy Ghost was talking to me, you mean God's will wasn't there? Are you, you seeing the, the thing? So, so the Father, the Lord said, this is the right thing to do. Go do it. As pertaining your natural issues, that thing is not what you call the will of God. You cannot interpret what God's will is relatively to your life. You understand? If you want to begin to talk about God, it's not say, okay, let's assume you never existed. Okay? So there was nothing like work, paying school fees. You see all the things you've heard God concerning. <laughs> right? That you say this is God's will. Those things do not exist. 
then what is left in God's, God's thinking? That's the will of God. I you know discovered that throughout my whole time of hearing the Holy Ghost, I never heard anything beyond my own things, my own needs and all of that. So, so the oracles of God is the speaking of God that contain the thing, thoughts of God beyond the life of men, beyond the things that matter, that the, the affairs of men. The oracles of God are the speakings of God concerning the affairs of God, not the affairs of men. And those, that speaking is the beginning of what you call righteousness. Below that, nothing is right. God. When you say right, wrong, you don't bring God into your own frame and then balance him and say this is what is right and wrong. Put all your things aside. There is still something called right and wrong. That has nothing to do with your life and the things that you know. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing this thing? This thing called the oracles. The oracles of God. So the oracles of God is the, is the machinery of course, it's also a Holy Ghost machinery. It's a, it's a giant spiritual machine that is actually is a machine of the Holy Ghost, crafted by the wisdom of the Holy Ghost, right? Through which they can utter that thing called will or kingdom. God's kingdom, God's domain, things in God's domain, how they can bring them to pass or to bring them to breakthrough into the, the consciousness of a man. That's the operation of the oracles of God. So the oracle starts with the introduction of the meal, the meat, and of course its goal is to then move into the world, into the strong meat of the world. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? So now the oracles of God is an operation of the spirit. Is a machinery of the spirit. The oracles of God is what? Is a machinery of what? Of the spirit. So it means the, the oracles of God is spiritually operated. It is Holy Ghost operated. Of course, you know why to be Holy Ghost operated? Because all the things which the oracles declare are things in the Holy Ghost. They are the things which the Holy Ghost has been framed to keep. He's been framed to keep, and those things are organized with, by a wisdom in him. That the way they are organized, only he can deliver them. Only he can, can give them out. Praise God. Amen. Now, there's something I just saw in my heart, and this is something that I saw, and the Lord said, this thing is very... Is, is key to understand this. Because if we don't understand this, souls who are joining in Christ, they can easily make an error. And then when they make this error, it causes stagnation. Now, not being able to move forward in Christ to a place of fullness where the Lord expects. It is the error that I saw in my heart, which I just want to communicate in the first, next few minutes, is the error of 
journeying in Christ, but stepping outside of the oracles. Or stepping outside the ghost of the kingdom. Stepping outside the administration of the Holy Ghost. And that thing is so easy to do. It's so, it's so easy. It's so easy to sleep outside the Holy Ghost, to move out, out of the Holy Ghost. Because when you are in the Holy Ghost, you are journeying by an order, according to the way things are ordered in him. The journey of inheritance is ordered and is administered by his, the wisdom of the Spirit. It's the wisdom of the oracle that it arranges things. It, it controls how revelation comes, which revelation comes, when revelation comes. It controls when that, the spirit of wisdom and revelation begin to give way to the spirit of counsel from where instruction comes, which instruction comes, at what time they come, and then how they, be, they are obeyed, and the supply of the spirit of might. I see all those operations. They are all op, 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 operations of the Holy Ghost. Am I correct? Isaiah calls it the spirit of the Lord. It's the, the Holy Ghost, right, that manifests as the spirit. So the, the part of the Holy Ghost that administers the Christ dimension of the kingdom is called the spirit of the Lord. Now, there are many ways someone can step outside the Holy Ghost in their journey. An example is the spirit of wisdom, praise God, introduces a thought or a revelation to you. Praise God. But then you, you, in terms of the appropriation of that revelation, it's possible to not wait on the spirit of understanding. That's an example. They, don't, they complement each other. What is the spirit of understanding? Is how do the revelations fit together? The arrangement of the revelation. Amen. Like now we are teaching the spirit of wisdom is in operation. Am I correct? Amen. It's not every time we open this verse that the spirit of wisdom is in revelation, it's in operation. There are times when the spirit of wisdom is in operation. Praise God. Then over a, a, a period of time, there is also the spirit of understanding, which the spirit of wisdom brings along. Right? That. Every time, everything the spirit of wisdom causes to come, you know, wisdom is a searcher, is the one who goes into the unseen. The un, the un, it goes into the realm of beyond what you are aware of. And he, from that realm, he brings resources. He brings materials into your heart. Now, every material the spirit of wisdom brings, the spirit of understanding or, or spirit of revelation is there. It's, it's, it's there watching the accumulation of those things. And as they are accumulating, sometimes they can accumulate over a series of meetings, over a series of Bible study sessions, series of things, praise God, and encounters with the word. And then the, job, the, the, the work of the spirit of understanding or the spirit of revelation is to now begin to take those things that wisdom has brought and put them in their place and begin to, to form the right image of Understanding. What understand, understanding means the right formation that when you put weight on it, 
it can stay. It's an understanding. It's what supports a standing. Are you getting me? The spirit of wisdom alone, if all you have is spirit of wisdom, it will bring many things to you. But it doesn't mean that that thing is arranged in such a way that it can carry something. Understanding means is that it's when revelations or, or, or materials are brought, there's another spirit with the spirit of wisdom that puts them together in your heart that, that in a way that it's useful for development. So in any place in that process, a soul can step outside the administration of the Holy Ghost. And you know, discover that Revelation was coming, they are attending meetings, but there's a, there are holes somewhere. And the problem with that is that if, if this is just an example, there's no time, but if that, that kind of error is in place, when it's time for the spirit of counsel to now begin, you know, the, the spirit of counsel is the one who should come and where an understanding is present, bring an instruction that that, that understanding can carry out. You know, instruction should be done based on an existing understanding. If I bring an instruction to you where there is no existing understanding for, you will not accept that instruction. You will not even see reason why you should do it like this or do it this way because you don't understand. So, so sometimes that's where there's a barrier. Revelation meetings, things are coming, thoughts are coming, they are scattered everywhere in the soul. Praise God, but the spirit of counsel, when he comes around, he can't do much. He can't, it's not flowing because when he talks, the heart is not accepting it. The heart cannot, you know, counsel is something that, instruction is something that should be, it should be like when understanding has done its work properly, when there's understanding in the soul, the proof that there's understanding in the soul is that counsel, the, the soul acts like a magnet for instruction. When instruction is coming, it sticks. Understanding is what makes counsel or instruction stick. Now, when the spirit of counsel is in operation, let's say Reverend Ellen is teaching, and now she's bringing standards. Those those are spirit of counsel, eh? telling you, as she's talking, a spirit is there, just showing you what to do. As things are, when opportunity to walk out your revelation is coming, how to handle those seasons. Now, it's not everybody that she's talking to that those things stick to. <laughs> when she says, when this one happened, this is how you respond. She will give her own example. This is how I responded and all that. Ah, and then you say, wow, what? Ah, this is how to respond. You. You will love it. And the reason why in that moment, because that is a, it's a great power. That spirit is a powerful spirit. That the spirit of counsel, a heart, that is, a heart that is formed against to respond a certain way right, by, the, by the enemy, to carry out and live a certain way. And they have reasons. They have idea why they should. Praise God. When the spirit of counsel comes, what the spirit of counsel does is that it magnifies understanding. And it, it raises understanding and it makes understanding seem urgent and essential. Why it must be brought to bear in that situation. When the spirit of counsel is in operation, you can't see another path 
you can't see a way to do something different from that revelation that comes. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if the, the understanding is not there, if you have all the revelation, you know every scripture, everything, they're just scattered everywhere in your heart. They're not put together. When counsel is coming, you love it when they're they talking it. But when it comes to the, the, the issues of life, to apply that thing, men, a man, you, you, are, you act from a place of understanding. At the end, it's what you understand that you will do. If you have, you, you've had revelation of Christ, but you don't understand Christ, you will never do Christ. The Christ you are doing is the Christ you understand. And the Holy Ghost knows, and God, he knows that he can instruct you to do a, a dimension of Christ that you don't understand. You won't be able to do it. You, you can't carry that standing in the spirit. Amen. Amen. So the 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 so the walk of the are you saying why at every phase there is that importance and necessity to to do don't carry a revelation around into your your laboratory. And you see, you know we have is <laughs> good. You know. Praise God. You know that we have, some of us, we have some kind of soul, eh? You know, the soul that just, just you, you are not, eh, praise God. Some of us, we, don't, we, don't, we are not used to buying into things. Like, wow, maybe the word I should use is submitting. You know, just carry yourself, go and submit it to a process. Or a, we are not used to that thing. We are used to, hey, let's get, what do we need here? What, do we, what appears like is useful to you? Pick, pick what is useful to you. Then take it to your own life or whatever and use your own way to handle it. That thing is also a work of the devil. devil has prepared, because the devil knows there will be a season of revelation. So he has done all kinds of works in all kinds of souls to make sure that even when they are around that season, that they are hearing, 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 but somehow that development eludes them. Edification is elusive, even in a season of much hearing. So the only security, the only guarantee of development in Christ is where? In the word, is submission to the Holy Ghost, or who we know as the Spirit of the Lord. To be both the provider and the, and the administrator of the season of Christ. You know. So in summary, no soul will arrive at peace with God. Just knowing things does not amount to having peace with God. Just knowing revelations doesn't automatically equate to you not talking back or having something else or a contrary idea when what the will of the revealed will of God comes into your heart 
or into your consciousness. Praise the Lord. So the Lord wants to magnify the importance of staying with the administrator and following him and yielding to him and let everything be done according to the, the, the provision of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So let's just begin to pray and just bless the Lord for his word quickly. And, and Macalios, just connect. In just a short time, just connect spiritually with. Oh, thank you. Shekere Ilemos. Galias de Pali Arabason de Crehetosa. Maralabaca Iliento. Masailen Tulai, Varedois. Shiger Ali Para Tugri, Sakabiel Dula Havrenosa. Ma Kabahis. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's begin to pray for more for more grace. Grace to for submission to the Spirit of the Lord. More grace for submission, for yieldedness to his spirit. That in every aspect of the journey of righteousness, in every phase of the journey of righteousness, there will be an attitude of yieldedness, of submission to the, the spirit, the administrator. Mari Gabahano, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, let's pray. Our heart will begin to identify. The nudgings, the beckoning of the spirit of the Lord. We won't struggle with his leadership, his administration. We easily yield to him as he administers the things of the, the way of righteousness to our soul. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Our Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you for those thoughts which you have raised out of your word for us tonight. Lord, we ask that you will turn these words into a strong blessing, Lord, that will be deposited, that will remain in our heart. Father, I pray, God, that Holy Spirit, you can teach this message in your own way and represent the truth to every heart. I pray in the name of Jesus, as many who seek help, who seek assistance, Lord, in the area of coming under the administration 
of the Holy Ghost, even in the season of righteousness. Father, I pray that you will give help to such souls. Amen. Father, I thank you for a renewal of yieldedness, the ability to submit to the program and to the order, how you have ordered the path of the righteous to go. Father, we thank you. I ask, Lord, let there be a supply of the Spirit, the release of measures of the Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Amen. the release of the power on the dealings and the operations of the oracles. Amen. Father, may it be on the increase, Lord, Amen. on the heart of every person. Amen. Thank you, our God. We ask you open doors to further visitations, greater Amen. visitations, great visitations, oh God. Amen. Thank you, our Father. I ask for increase in measures Amen. of the Spirit, dealings of the Spirit Amen. in our lives. Our Father, we bless your name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You